Hey everybody, welcome to a very special edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith and obviously I'm coming to you all on the heels of some really uh, devastating news from a Bayern Munich standpoint. After today's 3-2 victory over Wolfsburg, uh, the story started to leak out and Hansi Flick acknowledged that he will be handing in his resignation at the club after this season. He has let his bosses know, and it appears that the sextuple winning manager will be moving on if the club lets him. So let's all just take a deep breath and uh, step back and examine the situation for what it is. Obviously, uh, for many people, Flick was the integral figure in spearheading the effort last season to not only win the Bundesliga and the DFB Pokal, but the Champions League, and then to carry that success through uh, to this season when three more titles end up with six. And, uh, you know, none of that would have happened without Flick. So before we totally dive into what's going on, uh, let's just take a, a quick look at you know, how the man came into the picture with Bayern Munich and what he did, because the first thing we should probably do is just appreciate uh, the effort he brought into not just uh, fixing the team, but making that team successful. So obviously when Flick took over from Nico Kovac, things were, were not great at Bayern Munich. The roster obviously did not respond well to Kovac, especially at the end. Um, and Flick was honestly the perfect person to come in. He had already built a nice rapport with many of the players. Uh, he had a working knowledge of the roster because he was an assistant with the team. And honestly, he brought some great ideas that fit the personnel and strategies that really could maximize what the Bavarian roster could bring to the table. And uh, honestly, it was a genius higher it was a genius performance as a manager uh, there have been very few head coaches in sports that have been able to make such an immediate impact with an existing roster uh, in the way that Hansi Flick did uh, he was able to reinvigorate the careers of Thomas Muller Jerome Boateng he added a whole new wrinkle to David Alaba's uh, performance on the pitch by shifting him to center back and, and using his speed and passing ability in a way that allowed Bayern Munich to not just play more, uh, play more uh, a defensive style, but also be able to transition quickly to offense. So I, there were just many, many great things that, that Flick did. And obviously you can tell by the, the amount of titles that he won and the way that they won them that he just had such a positive impact on the roster, the team itself, and just how they played. Uh, you can't say enough good things about the, the results that he achieved, how he achieved them, and the relationships and communication that he just brought to the table that really helped get the most out of that roster. So, you know, again, you want to appreciate everything that he did. But uh, back to today's news, we... We'll just take a kind of a step-by-step -step look at everything. Uh, and I, I would say, I'm a little biased with this, but uh, 
you know, BavarianFootballWorks.com did a great job in capturing everything as it broke, and we'll still have many more stories on this, I'm sure. I'm currently working on a uh, three-part timeline based on Build's account of how things devolved between uh, Brazo and Hansi Flick, so you'll be looking forward to that coming out in a couple hours in three different parts. But, uh, you know, in the wake of the win, we saw... The news first start to leak that Flick was going to resign, and uh, obviously it started to uh, <laughs> hit people in a bad way, and things started to break. So, uh, upon uh, the news initially coming out, uh, we started to see Sport One and Build start to release their versions of the stories, and our own Philip Quinn kind of captured it based on an Iamia Sanmia tweet. Uh, that had the quote from Flick, I told the team today that I would like to terminate my contract at the end of the season. So uh, that obviously does not leave uh, much room for doubt as to what direction Flick was going to go in. And then we started to get uh, some more details as to what was going on and how things were going to happen. And Sport One came out with a report that Tom Adams captured detailing how uh, Flick notified certain people of his decision, including Oliver Kahn and Karl-Heinz Rummenigge. And it was very interesting in the Sport 1 account because not only did they capture kind of the tone of the meeting, but also how Flick felt about things. And this is one of the big themes that I think you're going to see as we learn more and more about this situation. Uh, when Flick allegedly had this meeting with Khan and Karl-Heinz Rummenigge. It was another situation where Rummenigge was vehemently opposed to Flick leaving. He has been in Flick's corner from day one and has really been his champion at Bayern Munich. Unfortunately, aside of Brazo, uh, Uli Honus, and it appears Oliver Kahn are not necessarily as enamored with Flick. And it was reported by Sport One that uh, Khan was not exactly um, fighting Flick to keep him. It, it was described as more of a reserved reaction. So obviously with Flick already unhappy, already feuding with Brazo, uh, not happy with his say in transfer matters and squad planning, the fact that he didn't get more support from the board other than Karl Heinz Rummenigge, uh, it probably rubbed him the wrong way, and that was probably the final nail in the coffin and that meeting took place uh, after Bayern's loss to PSG uh, in the Champions League uh, looking through the story uh, it was said that um, that's that after the loss to PSG Flick had made his decision and that he had met the following day with Khan and Rummenigge so uh, that obviously uh, is not the way that I think many of us saw things playing out. And uh, when the news hit, obviously his his team, um, you know, uh, there's an attachment there, and they took the news in stride. But obviously they're they're disappointed. Um, both Manuel Neuer and Thomas Muller spoke to the press, and Manuel Neuer said. The reasons aren't important to us. This was an emotional story for all of us because we had such a, uh, such a successful time. It was especially important for him to tell us personally. And I think that that's one of the big things that is really underplayed with Flick. He has built a, an immense 
amount of trust with his roster. He has communicated with these players. And I think he's built a real sense of family within that team that I don't think existed before he got there. Sure, Niko Kovac was a relatively young guy. He brought some new age ideas, but not all of the players bought into what Kovac was selling. And they certainly did not buy into the way he was using a lot of the players, especially guys like Thomas Muller and Jerome Boateng, uh, even Mats Hummels when he was here. Uh, those were players that Kovac did not value, but those were players who had a, carried a lot of weight in that locker room. And when you go on and you alienate such high-profile players, it is a recipe for disaster. And I think that that's one of the things that, that Flick was able really to successfully do, and that's rebuild those relationships, place trust in players like Muller and Boateng, and, and ask Alaba to challenge himself and do something different. And the results he got from being able to establish those relationships, I mean, you really can't say that he could have done anything else. Uh, a sextuple... Uh, and just a rampant amount of success this year, uh, Flick really proved that not only is he a good tactician, but he is a good people manager, which in today's day and age in football or any other sport, that is almost as important as what you know about the game. So um, obviously Thomas Muller was another player who probably feels pretty indebted to Flick because uh, not only did Muller struggle for playing time under Nico Kovac, but if you remember going back to Carlo Ancelotti's uh, brief and unsuccessful, unsuccessful tenure at Bayern, uh, Muller was persona non grata there as well. That was a really tough period of Muller's career. It was tough to watch as a fan because not only was Muller not performing to the best of his capability, but you could tell that the coaching staff had no trust in him. They did not know how to use him. They didn't understand him as a player. And that's defeating for a player like Muller, who is already established, obviously a tremendous talent, who can do so many things on the field. But to have not just Ancelotti's staff not understand and recognize how to use him, but then to shift to Kovac and, and, and experience the same thing, I can't imagine the levels of frustration that Thomas Muller felt and how relieved he must have been when Flick was named manager and placed that trust back in him. So, um, you know, Muller himself said, you know, that Flick did not give us the exact reasons. He didn't have to. He spent a lot of energy in the intense past year and a half. To be a coach at FC Bayern, you need thick skin. The expectations are very high and you always have to stand by your team. And that's very key in, in the way that Mueller said that because it's, it's exactly what Flick did. If nothing else, Flick was a champion for his roster, for his players. He defended them adamantly against the media, against internal criticism from not only his bosses, but from board members and everyone. This was Flick was not afraid to go to bat for his players. He was a true players coach. He, and, and, and I have to be honest, that's, that's why he got the results he did from that roster. I don't know that you could have hired anyone else and gotten those results. And finally, the latest bit of news that has come out about this was done by our Philip Quinn, who uh, <laughs> got to the story from Build Plus that Flick is trying to use the media uh, to kind of push his exit out. Now, everyone knows that Flick's contract runs through 2023. 
and that Byron obviously does not want him to go. They want to keep him in-house. I mean, obviously, with the results that he gets, the way he's impacted that roster, it does them no benefit to let him go early. The other side of this is that Flick's rumored destination, which, again, we've all heard about, is the DFB Bay and with the position as the Bundes trainer for the German national team. So Flick obviously seems destined to go there, but now it's really a matter of how easily Bayern Munich will let that happen. And, you know, will there be a fee involved? I don't know, honestly, if, if there will be any type of buyout, but I think it can be assumed that somehow Bayern Munich and Germany are going to work this out eventually to let Flick leave. Now, one contingency may be that Bayern is going to have to go out and get a manager who suits them. And to be honest, that's not going to be easy. I mean, who can you find to come in, work with this established roster that's already going to experience a little bit of turnover after this season, and be able to, to really know and understand these players, get them to, to gel together and form a cohesive unit. Now, that sounds like, hey, that's the definition of being a coach. It, it is. But this is not a normal team. Thomas Muller is not a player that every coach can utilize effectively. And we've seen that, uh, rampant examples of that. Um, you're going to be integrating key players. People are going to expect Dio Upamecano to come in and be an effective starting star caliber player. And we know he's got that ability, but can he do it on the stage in Munich? I, I don't know that right now, but that's, that's one of the cases that a new manager is going to have to deal with. How do you take an older roster, one that has some players that are definitely on the downside of their respective careers? And by downside, I don't mean that they're getting worse or anything like that but let's face it Robert Lewandowski Thomas Muller those players are getting older you know we are going to see the exit of Alaba we're going to see the exit of Jerome Boateng we're going to see the exit of Javi Martinez but how does a new manager come in and and work with the the brewing situation between Manuel Neuer and Alexander Nubel Nubel wants playing time or he wants to leave Manuel Neuer doesn't want to give up any of his playing time. This is not an easy position. Who can come in here and work with this roster, both the young players and the old players, and get it to work? Uh, there are three names I've seen so far being bandied about. Obviously, uh, <laughs> the one that most people are, are talking about is Julian Nagelsmann. And, and obviously, the RB Leipzig manager is a tremendous young coach. He is a skilled tactician he is a, 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 a he is a coach that could come in and obviously work with the roster and, and find ways to get them to be successful can he manage the personnel as effectively as someone like flick or yopankis I, I don't know i don't know if a, if a coach that young is going to be able to come in and have that kind of impact over such forceful veteran players and it's not a knock on Nagelsmann. I think he's a brilliant young coach. I think he's going to be a star and probably be a star at some point with Bayern Munich. But 
there's also a pretty hefty price tag that's rumored to be associated with him, which could be 15 to 20 million euros. And I don't know if Bayern Munich has the appetite to pay that. But again, the flip side is, does RB Leipzig want to continue to pay a coach who is already looking to move on and who definitely wants to coach at Bayern Munich someday? Um, that is a situation that's going to have to work itself out. But I would probably say Nagelsmann is the primary candidate at this point. The other name you're probably going to hear is Jurgen Klopp. Now, Liverpool in no way is going to want to let Klopp go. But this is the seven-year itch period, I believe, with Klopp, right? Like, he likes to move on after seven years. And I'm not saying he's, you know, absolutely going to make a move if Byron comes calling. But it will at least, I would think, give him some pause to think about things and think if this is a good time to jump. And we all know how much that Klopp loves at Robert Lewandowski and the chance to reunite with Lewandowski in the twilight of his career and to see if he can help Lewandowski get to another Champions League title, uh, which would really, I think, push him into the upper echelon of where people consider uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. I think if, if Lewandowski is able to get another one, I think it would really help his cause uh, to be mentioned in that stratosphere pl of player. But uh, it would at least be appealing for Klopp to think about. Um, the other one I think that we'll, we'll probably see, and this is one that was very popular back in the day in the BFW crowd, was Eric Tenhag, who, uh, let's say, I don't want to call him the discount rack manager in this situation, but compared to Nagelsmann and Klopp, he probably is. And it's not a knock on him. Again, another relatively young coach who is, uh, a skilled tactician, uh, it would really just be a matter of, you know, is it the right time to jump for a coach like him? And, you know, what kind of impact does Byron think he could have with this roster, given kind of the tenuous situation of some of the older players and, and how key it will be to integrate some of the newcomers? Uh, personally, I... <laughs> I don't want to move on from Flick. I'm kind of hanging on to the stick with Flick bandwagon there. But, you know, the reality is what it is. It seems like he's going to be moving on uh, sooner rather than later. And if I had to go out and start to campaign for one manager, uh, obviously, Yopankis is not coming back. So uh, I'd be inclined to really make a strong push at Klopp. Uh, I don't think that will happen. And if I could not get him, it might just be time to make that leap to Nagelsmann. Uh, pay whatever RB Leipzig wants you to pay. I'm sure it won't be 15 to 20 million. I'm sure Bayern will be able to squeeze a little more out of them to get down to somewhere in the 10 to 12 range. Uh, I, just, I just think at some point Bayern Munich is going to need to really get this moving if flick is really going to go they're going to have to act quickly and and one thing that could help byron in in the pursuit of nagelsman is that uh, the greater red bull organization has jesse marsh sitting in salzburg and i think that that could be a a pretty natural uh, progression for marsh as he's kind of started to prove himself in austria Making the leap to Leipzig would not be such a huge jump at this point. I think Marsh has established himself and 
and gotten some renown in his ability to work with players and strategize. So uh, at least RB Leipzig would have a succession plan, a likely succession plan, should they decide to let Nagelsmann go. But uh, back to the task at hand here. Uh, it's just super disappointing news for me personally to um, have to, to hear about this. And for me, it was kind of odd because I had watched the first half of the Bayern game at home. And then, I, of course, I have a couple of kids who are very active and they both had soccer games today. Uh, of course, spread out in a way that I was going to be out after halftime. So uh, I listened to the rest of the game on the Byron app. They have a great web radio. That really, it, it, for for days like today where I couldn't be in front of the TV for uh, the second half of the game, it was huge for me to be able to follow along. So, of course, when I got home, I was able to fire up uh, ESPN Plus and watch the second half. But I'm out I'm trying to enjoy my kids' games, and then I start to see my phone blow up getting the news about Flick, and uh, it was really disappointing. Obviously, I, I didn't let it ruin my day or anything, but you know, now that I'm home, I'm reflecting on it. It's, it's a tough day for any Bayern Munich fan. You have to really, again, appreciate and respect what Flick did, but at the same time, you know, it, it's sad. It's a sad day. This, is a, this was a great coach. This was someone who you know, I think a lot of people had respect for, and it's a shame that it couldn't work out. And, uh, you know, over the, in the coming days, we're going to hear more and more about the discord that was going on. And there is definitely some issues between Brazo and Flick that I just don't think uh, were ever going to be rectified or remedied. Uh, these two men, while they're both brilliant at what they do, they're both excellent at their jobs. They simply could not coexist under one roof at at the Allianz Arena or Saboner Strasse, uh, it's just was not going to work between the two. And it's a shame. It's a shame. But again, when you're dealing with such high-powered individuals, they have huge egos. And uh, when they disagree, sometimes there is no fixing it. There is no uh, <laughs> uh, collaboration. There is no compromise. Uh, these two just don't appear to have been uh, able to get on the same page no matter how many attempts were made. And it was it was kind of funny for me personally as I'm working on this timeline piece that'll be out in a bit uh, to see that one of the first major conflicts that, that Flick and Brazo had was about the transfer window uh, acquisition for last summer where Flick really pushed for Timo Werner. Uh, Brazo was, was riding the Roy Sané train pretty hard. And uh, my response is, why couldn't Bayern Munich just get both? Uh, <laughs> I know, you know, when people look at Werner's price tag and what Chelsea paid, that was not the price that Bayern Munich was going to have to pay when there were discussions going on. We had heard anywhere from 30 to 35 million euros. And I think that was way more accurate as to what the going rate would have been in a move uh, for RB Leipzig to sell to Bayern Munich. I think Werner wanted to go to Bayern. I think Flick was a, was a big part of that. And, um, you know, the more we read about what was going on at the time, it seemed like uh, Brazo, more than the fact that he didn't want Werner, he didn't want Flick to have Werner. And that's where it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, 
it just seemed like that in some way both of these guys let it get personal. And uh, I don't feel like that the Byron board kind of, they didn't get involved enough to really help smooth out the situation. And I know it's easy for me to say, like, why, you know, it's easy for me to spend Byron's money. But in retrospect, if this would have it been the one move that could have helped keep Flick happy, uh, why not just make it happen? And yeah, I know we're going to hear, oh, you're, you're the Timo train guy and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing people will bash Werner and his performance this year. What we don't know is how Flick was going to use him. And you could make an argument, well, Werner would have flopped here. Yeah, of course you could make that argument. He hasn't been great at Chelsea. But we don't know what Flick was going to do. You don't know how he was going to, to deploy him. You don't know how he was going to respond to working under Flick. The perfect example for how Flick impacted a player is Thomas Muller. At times, under Ancelotti and Kovac, Muller looked like a beaten dog. He was defeated. He didn't even have confidence in himself at times. Having the right coach with the right ideas and the right strategy for an individual player can make an immense difference, an immense impact on a player's confidence, on a player's mentality, and most importantly, on a player's performance. And, you know, it's not easy to say or to give that, you know, what I would say is kind of a fluke response and say, well, Werner would have failed here. I don't think he would have. And maybe I'm biased on it. I don't think I am. I'm just looking at the type of impact that I see Flick make on players. And if he had an idea of what Werner could do at Bayern and how he would use Werner at Bayern, then I trust Flick that things would have worked out. And look, Flick didn't necessarily want Sané, but he has been doing nothing but building Sané up for months. Uh, and for anyone that might have doubted that Flick wouldn't invest his time into a player that he wasn't necessarily a fan of, I mean, Flick did everything he could to prove you wrong on that. He has given Sané opportunity after opportunity. He has publicly stated many times how much he trusts in Sané and how much he admires his talent. I don't think that's an issue ever. Flick has has been professional about how he's worked with these players and sure he hasn't been happy with every acquisition and sure he definitely wanted more say in the squad planning and when he didn't get it I think over the course of time it was just enough to wear him down to realize that he could be in a different place in a different spot where he could not only call the shots on the strategies and work with the players, but he could also have a much, much greater say in the squad planning. And if that means that he's heading to Germany to take over for Yogi Love, then I guess that's just the way it goes. So let's just appreciate the great times that Hansi Flick had given Bayern Munich fans and just admire the job overall that he did. No one else could have done it in that time frame. No one else could have come in and save that roster. I firmly believe that. So Hansi Flick, great job. It's very unfortunate the way that you're leaving. I hope that your the memories of your tenure here aren't soiled by whatever happens from this point forward. I'm not anticipating this is going to be an easy exit, but I think that it's time for everybody just to take one quick step back, look at the situation, 
And most importantly, remember those good times. So thanks again for listening. I appreciate you guys jumping into such a uh, a special episode. Uh, It's not easy to kind of go through this when you're a fan. Obviously, it's very disappointing. But, uh, you know, this is what BFW is here for. We are here to uh, be the sounding board for you guys. So thanks for listening. Keep reading our site. We will have a ton of updates. Once again, it's Chuck Smith. And we will see you next time.